Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 43 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes and I'm the host or guide of this podcast. And with me tonight is the man who wins leagues and takes names, Andrew McQuiston. Andrew, we have ourselves a World Series now, and we got the Astros and the Nats. So my first question for you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you about watching this matchup? Well, going back to the wins, leagues, and takes names thing, (laughs) we we, got to nix that right now. (laughs) Uh, What'd you win, like 8, 10, 12 leagues, something like that this year? (laughs) Yeah, I wish. (laughs) Oh, I started writing my notes, and I just kind of came out, and I'm like, okay, I'm keeping that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Like, awesome World Series matchup. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, This it's not the one we expected going in, but I think it's one that should be a lot of fun. So. Anyway, we'll get we'll be talking more about that here in a bit, but on tonight's episode, we're going to discuss the league championship series that were and have concluded, and Andrew and I are going to make our World Series predictions. And in the second half of the show, we're going to review our preseason fantasy predictions that we made in March. It was kind of a bold prediction, but they didn't all have to be bold. We were just making predictions and putting them out there, and I thought it would be fun and give us some good laughs, but we can also celebrate the really good calls we each made, which both of us had a couple that fell under each category. And after that, if we still have time, we might get into some, give some props to some of the best predictions made by the Baseball 365 group before the season. You ready to get started on this? Yep, sounds good. Let's do it. All right, let's start off with the American League as that championship series was the more contested series and finished later, more recent. After splitting the first two in Houston, the Astros took two of three in New York, and in game six, the real fun came. Houston was up by two runs in the ninth inning when the Yankees' 2019 most valuable player, DJ LeMahieu, hit a game-tying home run off of Roberto Asuna which kept the season alive for the Yankees. But that only lasted a half inning because Jose Altuve came up to face Aroldis Chapman in the bottom of the ninth, and he delivered a no-doubt blast to left field to walk it off for the Astros. I got to say, Andrew, that game six was awesome. There was quite a bit of drama coming out of that thing from both sides. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I They'll be showing that uh, picture of Chapman's face after that home run for a long time. <laughs> he just this is like, a weird look. Yeah, I mean, it almost, in a weird way, looked like he was happy. I don't yes. even know. I, obviously, he's not, but it was just weird. It was uh, They cut to him, and he's just standing there like, what just happened type thing. But, yeah, it was I'm an gonna, awesome game. Good series, awesome game. I'm going to love the Jose Altuve Aaron Judge picture. That they oh, was yeah. floating all over baseball 365 afterwards. Yeah. Two years ago in the championship series, they had that picture of Altuve and Judge standing next to each other at second base with Judge running the bases or being, you know, on second and Altuve right next to him. And I think it said something like this is the American League AL MVP and Aaron Judge or something yeah. like that. And this year go around, they just took their body sizes and flipped them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Funny stuff. But fantastic series. I mean, that was one where two teams that just both of them are incredibly loaded. And we have to give the Yankees a lot of credit here. They could have easily won 85 games this year and failed to play, make the playoffs. And most would have given them a pass because of the insane amount of injuries they had. But instead, they had a ton of players step up this season. The Gio Urshelas, DJ LeMayhew, um, I could just, uh, there are more. Instead, with those guys, they won 103 games and were two wins away from the World Series. Yeah, I think it would have been pretty easy to 
you know, like you said, if they won 85 games or something, it's just like, oh, well, they had a bunch of injuries. And they did, and they did what they did, you know. So pretty crazy, awesome year for them. And I think it's pretty safe to say Houston was the better team. So, yeah, no, no shame in that. You could argue that this was the most impressive season the Yankees have had since the turn of the century, even though they didn't win. It's just how much they overcame. It was incredible. Yeah. And finally, I wanted to share the cool Altuve story I saw on Twitter on Saturday night. Don Harris, who I saw him, works. he worked as a news anchor for News 4. I have no idea where that is, but I'd imagine it's in the Houston area. And he shared a tweet talking about how Houston scouts sent Altuve home as a teenager. They cut him at a tryout in Venezuela, and they said he was too short, and they didn't believe he was actually 16. So Altuve came back the next day, and the scouts said, hey, we cut you. And Altuve responded with, well, no, you didn't see me play. You need to give me a chance. And he brought his birth certificate with him. And the final line Don said was, the power of human spirit. And I just love that Altuve had this moment. This is a guy who was the first of the members of this talented Astros team to come up. He was their star when the rest of the team around him was garbage, and they were losing 100 games each year. And now here he is, hitting the home run off the best closer in the game to send his team to the World Series for the second time in three years. That's good stuff. Yeah, it is. It really is. I should have probably posted that picture that I posted in the chat the other day. I probably should have posted that in the group, the one of uh, – it was actually the top 30 Astros prospects from – it would have been 2011. Mm-hmm. And he was 28th on the list. Oh, my gosh. And just Astros prospects. You know, it was it was actually from the 2012 Baseball America book, but it was the previous year's top 30. And there's just a bunch of names. I mean, like J.D. Martinez was in there and Keuchel, a couple, you know, a couple really good major leaguers and then a couple solid major leaguers. I think VR was in there. But, uh, yeah, Altuve, 28. It's just like, wow, crazy. The dude just kept overcoming odds, and it's probably, I mean, there's a good chance this guy's a Hall of Famer at the end of his career. I'll probably, I'm imagining if he just stays healthy, he's got a real good shot at getting up there with all of that he's accomplished over the course of the last decade. Stay healthy. Yep, very possible. So, we got Houston in the World Series, and as I said before, their opponents are going to be the Washington Nationals who when we were here last, they were up 2 nothing over the Cardinals with both wins coming in St. Louis. And this series looked over already at that time, and it sure was. The Nats won game three and four, leading to a clean sweep. And it never really looked like it was much of a contest. Myself, as a Cardinal fan, the biggest victory I could take from this series is that the Cardinals fans showed well in game one when Anibal Sanchez nearly no-hit him. And they gave him that ovation. And, well, that makes me proud of my fan base and that stadium. If that's the best thing I can come up with, that means it wasn't a real good series on the field. Yeah, yeah, Nets just dominated. I mean, not really much else to say. They clearly owned it. So, good for them. Yeah. Should, should, be, uh, should be a fun one. Yeah, the better team won. They, and I'm... I, if I wasn't a Cardinal fan, I would want the Nationals winning just because I want a better World Series. And while St. Louis has one guy pitching out of his mind in Flaherty, their offense isn't as good as the Nationals. Their pitching isn't as good as the Nats. It's just going to be a better series or it, on paper than it would be if St. Louis is in there. Now, um, I guess it's time to go into our predictions here because... Before the season or going into the playoffs, both of us had the Dodgers winning the World Series, and they're not here. So it's time for the World Series prediction redo. I guess I'll go first here. We can we can mess it up again. Yes, let's (laughs) screw this up. Somehow we're going to make our predictions, and the Dodgers are going to get in there. (laughs) (laughs) But 
I'm going to take the Astros. I'm going to stick with the the favorites here. I just and I'm going to have them take them in six games. I think the Nats have the pitching to steal a couple wins here, but I think Houston's just better in terms of pitching. You could argue either side and starting pitching. I'm going to and with the top two anyways from each team. I just think the Astros pitching is deeper and their lineup's better. So I'm taking the Astros in six. Who do you got? Uh, I, I'm going to take the Astros in seven. I, um, I really want the Nats to win, man. I, Me too. It's just such, you know, it seems like everybody likes the Astros and that's fine. They, they have a lot of likable guys. You know, I, I have nothing against them, but man, it's just, it'd be so sweet to see the Nats win it. I don't think they probably do it, but I do think that the pitching is close enough that it can go either way. I mean, I think it's pretty even. Um, I think the Astros to have a slight edge, so I'll say Astros in seven. Oh, you're getting a full this, seven game series. I'll say too this. When we've mentioned this a couple times, but I think this, and I, I don't ever mean to be a prisoner of the moment, but is this the best pitching you've ever seen in a World Series? I mean, going in, it's just like, I mean, we got potentially five Hall of Fame starting pitchers in this World Series. Potentially. I, I don't mean to get ahead of myself, but I, it's just ridiculous. You got a good point. Garrett Cole, was he there two years ago when they won? I don't think he was. No, he didn't join until no. last year. Right. So when we had that Astros-Dodgers series two years ago, you just had Verlander against Kershaw. Well, you Bueller got Granky. Yeah, yeah. Granky and you got Corbin. It's like Corbin is probably a top what, 20 starting pitcher in the league and uh-huh. he's like the sixth best pitcher in this series. It's just or or you know, what arguably, I guess. It's just comical how crazy I'm trying the to is. think of the last time I saw pitching like this and I'm going back a d- couple decades, and I'm still not thinking of anything. I mean, I, I would not be shocked if at the end of their careers, Cole, Verlander, Granke, Scherzer, and Strasburg are all Hall of Famers. I, and, that's, it, and that's just totally bonkers. I mean... I'll say this. If that happens, and this series goes seven games... This could be looked back as an all-timer just because yeah. of the guys that were there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just something I've thought about. It's just like I, the pitching matchups are just nuts, and the offenses are fun too. So, yeah, it should be really good. I hope that we get at least six games just to, you know, yeah. get as much of it out of, much out of it as we can. But I do think the Astros have a little bit of an edge. What about Jordan Alvarez? Are you? Are you raising your eyebrow at all of his struggles this postseason? No. No? No, no. Not really. I haven't even... <laughs> I've barely noticed people have to point it out, you know? It's just... Small He's been rough. And I've heard, I saw someone post on the Baseball 365 group if this was moving him down their rankings. And I'm not really in on that either. I, I'm not putting much in stock into it. Actually, I really downplayed it on that post with that a week ago, but yeah, whatever's going on, I, th- I think I heard an interview saying that something's it's a mechanical thing going on. I can buy into that. It's one of those things that I fully think any struggles he's having, if it's an adjustment, he'll make it this off season. He'll be fine. Well, well the other thing is to, it's like, you know, going into next year, I'm going to have him where I have him, but, it's not going to be affected by what's going on right this minute. I mean, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if I don't want Jordan where he's going, that's separate from him struggling over two or three weeks in the playoffs. You know, it's not like that's factoring into my head. I mean, I like him. I think he's a stud. I think he's probably going to go in like the third round and I'll just have to decide if I want to take him there or not. I mean, I'm not really sure yet, but, What's happened over the last two to three weeks isn't going to change my mind either way. I've got a him or him game that I just thought of. Question, question, real quick. Well, no, uh-huh. do your do your him or him, and then I got a question. But go ahead. 
Pete Alonso or Jordan Alvarez, twenty twenty? Probably Alonso, just because of the first base. Yeah, I think that matters quite a bit. I agree. My one thing is, I think Jordan's a better bet to hit for better average. And yeah. everything else is pretty much a wash. You got yeah. batting average and position flexibility. Yeah, I agree with that. Pretty close. First base is shallower. I think Alonzo will be more like a second rounder. Yeah. Okay. What was what was your no? I was just going to say. Do you you think he'll just be on the bench for the games in Washington? I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, especially since he's struggling. Yes, I do. Yeah, at least one or two of them, right? He probably. I think all three. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I mean. Yuli Gurriel's played great uh, this year, and they're not sitting those outfielders for him with how he's playing right now. I think yeah. he's pinch-hitting all three games. Definitely the the Corbin game, he mm-hmm. won't start. He definitely won't start that game. Yeah, probably not. He, he'd have to hit out of his mind in games one and two, and maybe they're falling behind in the series and they, ha- they get desperate. I think that's the only way he's playing in the field. Yeah, he didn't play, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't play a game at first base this year. So Jeez. it would be outfield mm-hmm. most most likely. So probably just pinch hit, you know, in a crucial spot. Mm-hmm. Nice pinch hitter to have, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay, well, it's bold prediction time, or I should say time to go back and review our bold predictions that we made these were all the way back on episode 15 where andrew you and i went to make predictions before the season and i thought it'd be fun to go back and review them all and see how close we were on some and how ridiculous some others were (laughs) and i definitely heard some of both when i listened the other day you ready to do this andrew oh yeah yeah it's gonna be a good laugh (laughs) I thought it'd be fun if we read each other's bold predictions this time around, and then maybe we could review. You know, you could uh, you could start off and read mine, and then I, and then we can react react to them at the end. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. You want me to do uh, yours first? Yeah, unless you want me to do yours, I really okay. don't care. No, I can do yours first. So we each had ten. Uh, I think you the, had nine. No, you had ten. Yep. Okay. Yeah, these are these are Justin's. Uh, number one was Danny Jansen finishes as a top three catcher in fantasy leagues this year. Number two, Austin Meadows home runs plus steals is 40 to 45 and he's a top 20 outfielder. Number three, David Dahl hits 30 home runs, 20 steals and is a top vote hitter amongst Rockies for MVP. The Meadows one isn't too bad, but we'll keep going here. I'm one for three right now. (laughs) (laughs) Number four was Carlos Correa is a top five vote getter in AL MVP voting and finishes higher than Alex Bregman. That stupid back of his. Uh, Five, Andrew McCutcheon has a better fantasy season than Javier Baez with 45 to 50 home runs plus steals. That's just unfortunate. That one makes me sad. Yeah, that one's just sad. Six, uh, Corbin Burns is a top 25 starting pitcher. <laughs> I meant to say top 2,500, and I'm still not sure if I'm right. <laughs> Justin and his Corbin Burns love. I love it. Uh, seven, probably the best one. Jorge Soler hits 30 home runs with a 370 OBP. What did he, yeah. end, in his, what did he end up with OBP? Do you know? 354. Oh, that's not bad. And 47 home runs. Yeah, the home runs I knew was easy. Uh, Number eight, Brandon Lau finishes top five to eight. That was among second basemen, right? Yes. Top five to eight among second basemen in OBP leagues for the season. Mm. Uh, Number nine, this is easily the best one. (laughs) Trevor Trevor Rosenthal is the most valuable reliever in fantasy after the All-Star break. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, number 10, Chris Bryant rebounds to 35 home runs, 300 batting average, and is third in MVP voting. Uh, Okay. He didn't finish third in MVP voting, but he wasn't too far off on that one. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some hits and misses in there. 
all. Yeah, I think Which, the uh, Meadows and the uh, Solaire are the yeah, two best. Those, those, those are the were two my, best. Those were pretty good. Um, yeah, Meadows, I said he'd 40 to 45 home runs plus steals, and he finished with 44. And was the four, I looked it up, he was the 14th best outfielder in Fantrax leagues. Yeah, there so you go. That one worked. That's a and, win. Yeah, Solaire blew the prediction out of the water there. And do you know where he finished amongst outfielders? I guess uh, you've got the notes in front of you, so you probably know that if you're reading. Solaire? No, yeah. I, no, I'm actually not even seeing it in the notes. Where did he finish? Eighth. He was the yeah, eighth best outfielder say. in fantasy baseball. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. So let me ask you this. Meadows and Solaire, who do you feel better about going into 2020? Who would you draft soon? Who, who goes first? Uh, who goes first or I don't who know. Do you, I who think do you it might take be a different first? answer. Um, Probably Meadows. Yeah. But – but I, I kind of mentioned before the, the, um, the across the board production. It's just something I think is a little more unique. Uh, you know, Solaire's going to have to have this type of power to you know have major impact. I mean, if he if he was to dip to like thirty to thirty five home runs, he becomes a lot more pedestrian. Uh, so probably him for that reason, but I will say, I mean, I think Solaire power wise is pretty special. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the ball because that could possibly affect it. But yeah, I, I I think Solaire is pretty legit too. I mean, it's pretty close and I wouldn't be that surprised if Solaire went higher. I really wouldn't, but. Yeah, across the board and the steals that'll chip in, I'd probably roll with Meadows. I think he's a little bit better of a hitter overall, but it's pretty close. The ball could affect his power outlet too, Meadows, that is. And yeah, the part that scares me, he stole twelve bags and a lot of those came early in the year. And I don't I don't have it in front of me. I don't think his stolen base percentage success rate was really that great to where I, I worry if that could actually get down into the single digits next year. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, um, it's possible. Moving into the bad ones. I could cha- I could change my mind on that over the uh-huh. course of the offseason. I'll look into it a little more. But, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Danny Jansen, that was pretty rough. David Dahl, he was injured a lot. And Corbin Burns and Trevor Rosenthal, those are pretty comical at this point. <laughs> I think Rosenthal was released maybe even by three different teams after the All-Star break. <laughs> yeah, that was classic. That was classic. Um, Jansen, uh, Jansen just never could get his... Uh, it's like he could just never get his footing. It was weird. I had, no. him, in, I had him in one of my leagues, and you know it was a 12-team, two-catcher redraft, and I held on to him for a while because I just kept thinking, you know, there's 24 catchers starting. I'm not going to drop him, but it was getting to the point. It was like, he's not doing anything. And I think I eventually did drop him at some point. He may have been hurt for a little bit or I can't remember, but there was a point where I did drop him. I want to say maybe in August, but it was a while. Yeah. He never, I don't think he ever got hurt, but the thing that happened, he was so bad. Most of the year, that year that they started playing him every other game. Yeah, every that's what it was. Yeah. Just, so just he wasn't even were, getting the playing time. Yeah, just as you were saying it, I was remembering. That is what it was. He wasn't getting a lot of PT. So we got Jansen. We got Dahl. Corbin Burns, Rosenthal, all pretty brutal. Are any of those that you think could be – I was maybe a year early on and could have a – like any of those guys you think you'd, you'd – be interested in next year uh as far as like what you picked just that it could happen next season yeah something like i mean you know me and david Dahl, man like i figured that would be your answer i'm on uh i'm probably on that train forever until it happens and if it never does then you know maybe it never will but yeah i i mean he that's the one probably for me um 
possibly still Jansen too. I don't think that all is lost there. I mean, I could see him being a really good catcher at some point. I, I don't, I don't know if it'll be next year, but I think I'll be doubling down on Jansen. I traded for him in Roto Masters too. I've mentioned that on this show, but I think I'm doubling down on that guy. I sometimes catchers that you know hit these walls when they come up as they're trying to learn the defensive side of the game. And yeah. I'm hoping that was it. I don't know. It was a weird year for him, but yeah. it was not. It was not good. The nice thing about catcher is the 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 bar is so low that yeah. you can kind of just take a shot on whoever you have any interest, you know, any kind of inkling or you know feeling on. You can just kind of go with it because how bad are you really going to get burned? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of catchers, they don't produce much anyways. So I feel like anyone with a hint of upside or anybody you have any kind of vibe on, you, you just got to go with it. And then if it doesn't work out, you find a replacement, but. Yep. I agree. He probably will be cheaper next year too. Yes, he will. So, Cause he finished strong last year and he had yeah. buzz going into this year. I think he was a low end one. More like a high end starting or catcher two, maybe a low end one. Yeah, and yeah, I, he'll be lower than that. All right, you ready for your turn? Yeah, let me get my barf bag. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them you'll want to do that, and some of them you'll may want to stand up and beat your chest on. There's a couple, maybe. All right, we're starting off with a goodie right at number one. Nick Pavetta is a top 20 starting pitcher. Okay. Um, Number two, Aaron Judge and Mike Stanton, or Giancarlo Stanton, combined for 100 home runs, 50 each for the second time in history between teammates. I guess Maris and Mantle hit. For sixty-one Yanks were the only other ones. Which what did what did they actually combine for? Was it 25, 24? I didn't look it up, so I have no idea. But that <laughs> yeah, sounds think, about right. Yeah, just injuries. I, I, mean, hit I one, don't didn't he? I don't actually feel bad about that one. It's just they got hurt. You know. Oh yeah, you could easily double Whatever. down on that one. Yeah. Uh, you were right there with me, David Dahl, two eighty with thirty home runs, hundred RBI, hundred runs, and twenty steals. It's yeah. so funny that our that prediction was so close by us. Yeah, it was. I remember that when you said it, I was like, "I oh, stole mine." <laughs> uh, number four, Jonathan VR finishes with a better season than Adalberto Mondesi. That was a good one. I'll take the win on that. Yep. Garrett Hampson steals thirty bases. Woof. Yeah, yeah that he was did. A, that... He he did have a little run at the end, but yeah. Yasmani Grandal is the first National League catcher since Mike Piazza in 2002 to hit 30 home runs. You got to take a win on that close. one. Yeah, 28, I think. Uh, let's see. I've got it in the notes down below. I think it was 27 or 28. Yeah. And if you're that close, you get to yeah. take the W on that. Yeah, close enough. Lewis Brinson plays in the Major League Baseball All-Star game in July. <laughs> I'm guessing you meant to say minor league baseball yeah. star yeah. game. Yeah, that was what I meant. I mean, come on. Really. <laughs> uh, Cedric Mullins goes 2020. You said la- you said it last season, but you were on the podcast. You were less confident than you were early in the off season. Yeah, and that- those two are just comical. It's awesome. <laughs> but- proud of proud of myself for those. Oh, you actually did only have nine, but your ninth one was a. Long one here, and that was your top ten prospects going into the 2020 off uh, season. You had at number ten Vidal Brujan. You had number nine Marco Luciano, number eight George Valera, number seven Christian Robinson, number six Mackenzie Gore, five is Jonathan India, four Alex Kirilov, three Joe Adele. Two Royce Lewis and number one Wander Franco. That's Man. awesome. Yeah, I, that might be my best one. Or yeah, close, or close. Let's see. What was the ones I was thinking? Jonathan I love, VR. I, 
I still like all those guys pretty mm-hmm. much. I mean, not not necessarily top ten, but close enough. You could make an argument of those ten guys listed. Nine of those ten are in the conversation for top ten prospects right now. Yeah, and that's pretty incredible given some of these guys weren't even top fifty before the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel good about it. I mean, I I still like, like I said, I still like a lot of these guys. Obviously, Franco and Adele are pretty much consensus top two or two mm-hmm. of the top three, and. I mean, Gore's in there in spots, and even like Luciano Robinson, Royce Lewis, they're in there in spot, different spots. So good year, or, you know, good, good for the most part. I mean, Valera had kind of a tough year, but yeah, he's overall, still a top twenty on the list. Yeah, overalls, pretty happy with it. Really, the only guy on this list that consensus isn't close to the top ten at this point is Jonathan India. And I did want to ask you about him. How how much do you think you're fading him on prospect lists right now? So I saw this question. I was going to ask. So what do you mean by fading him? I'm seeing him on some lists outside the top 50 now. Do you think he, uh, if you were making a list, do you think he'd be outside your 50? Uh, off the top of my head, no. I think he'd be in like the 30s or 40s. I still okay. like him a lot. I still like him quite a bit. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I think that this, this off season, I'd be looking to buy him if like his owner was frustrated. I mean, for whatever anybody wants to say, and I, I kind of get that he's obviously not like a top 10 prospect right now, but he's started in high a went to double a, 34 games in double a he had a 414 obp you know power speed was both kind of there i mean nothing crazy but i still like him i still think he's good i mean it's just not every single guy is going to completely blow the doors down but i wouldn't be shocked at all if he did next year so yeah i think it's buy time on jonathan india personally but there's not much, I mean, walk, he was taking a lot of walks all year long, and strikeouts were pretty decent in both levels, and, and most of his time in AA were 18%, while 15% walk rate. That's awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I think 30, or 40, 30 to 40 is probably where I'd have him also. It's like was, one of those. It's like one of those things where when there's – hype on the guy that you know he was one one in a lot of sub drafts a year ago and you know like i said it's not quite what you hoped for this year maybe but it's not like it was bad i mean if you can get a little bit of a discount on a guy like that i mean it's to me it's pretty clear buying opportunity so you had two other awesome calls grandal who would hit 30 home runs and he hit 28 but then you also had VR over Mondesi, and that came to fruition. Now, Mondesi was hurt for a big portion of the year. Now he had stayed healthy. I think he probably would have won this, but that doesn't ta- take away the fact that VR was awesome. I went and looked it up. He earned $31 in fantasy value for owners. That's pretty that's, – that's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. VR was awesome. So of those three, which predictions are your good ones, the prospects – Grandal and VR. Which one do you think was your best call? Probably the prospects, just because it's so much. I mean, there's so much fluidity to predicting a top ten in a year in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how hard is that to to do even decent on? I feel like it's pretty good. Um, I think the VR one's probably better than the Grandal one, just because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even feel like the Grandal one was really even bold. When I made it, it was just a, it was just whatever. But yeah, I think the VR one, most people going into the year, they liked Mondesi more. Mondesi, I've said it before, I was wrong on him. I mean, he's, he was really good. I definitely roasted him in those preseason episodes. I know that. Um, I've turned the corner on him some, but yeah, VR was still better. So at least that part was right. You're, 
when we do our prediction show before the year next year, I want you to make another top 10 for 2021. And yeah, I will. This is going to be a tough bar to match. That's for sure. Yeah, it'll be hard. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of these guys are so young, though. I, they're, they're not even going to be graduated off this list in a year, some of them. So That's a good point. Be, How many of these guys yeah. are going to graduate? I mean, like Robinson, Gore? Blair, Luciano, they're not going anywhere. I mean, they're not going. No, you, they're not graduating, I guess I should say. Probably I mean, When you not. look at the ones that will graduate, it's only Gore and Adele. Maybe yeah, Kirilov. I think there's even a chance Gore doesn't. I don't know for sure, but. Yeah. One yeah. thing we know Adele about will. pitching. Adele will for sure. Yeah. But, Are there any yeah. other for sure's though? Well, not really. No. So there you go. You can just repeat your list again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, those were your good ones. And just like me, you did have some rough ones too. Pavetta, Cedric Mullins, and Lewis Brinson were your ones that went comically bad there. Oh, and I don't say that to put you down. Anyone who no, ever, no, it's, anybody who tries making it. a predictions list like this is going to have some rough ones. Oh, yeah. But which one of those do you think makes you cringe the most? Mullins. Mullins? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I knew that ship had sailed by about April 15th. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, maybe, I do remember that you maybe, got out early. Yeah, maybe even sooner. Yeah, any, it's, any yeah. of those three you think you'd double down on? I'm not even for saying for next year, but maybe even going at the long term. Any of those guys, You are you still holding out, out hope with any of those three? Uh, not too much. I mean, I probably, depending on, like, if they were to say next year that Pavetta was the fifth starter, I would probably take him for free at the end of my drafts. But there's also no risk to that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what are you losing if... And I would just see how it went early on, whatever. But it's it's not anything I would spend on, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really it. I mean, I've always kind of felt like I don't want to be off of uh, the Brinson wagon if it ever hits. But at the same time, I don't really feel like it's going to at this point. So yeah, pretty much off of it. Now that everybody's going to get off of it, he's going to go undrafted and draft an old links. Yeah, it's one well, of actually, those things. It's one of those things where these guys, like if I was in a 50-round draft and hold and I'm sitting there in like the 30s or the 40s rounds and they're just totally ignored and don't cost a thing, I probably would roster them. I mean, yeah. but, you know, they we're talking really, really deep. like, And, you know, they'd have to have a role projected for them too going into the year, which isn't even a lock with them. Mullins, though, Mullins, though I'm probably just totally done, so okay well we got some time here at the end and like i said before if we had time we were gonna go over and give some credit to some of the best bold predictions that were sent to us before the season we put a post out on baseball 365 when we were doing our predictions preseason episode and we asked people to put in their predictions and We've read off a lot of them. We didn't read off all of them. And we're going to just go over what I thought as I was just scrolling through some of the best ones. And Andrew, I'm just going to read through these and I'll pause at the end of each of one. And we'll just talk about them for a bit and then move on to the next. But I've got eight here that I thought just were pretty awesome predictions before the year. And the first one was by Scott Weinstein. And he said that the Dodgers starting pitchers would combine for a thousand strikeouts, 75 wins, an ERA and whip combo of under 3.3 and 1.18. Rostering six Dodger pitchers at all times is a great pitching strategy for 2019. That's what he said. And now I didn't go look up and calculate this, but I'd imagine he's either right or really wasn't far off on that prediction especially with the season Hyunjin Ryu had. Well, I've got this in front of me. You want to hear? This is crazy. Did you look it up? So, well, he said starting pitchers. This is just Dodgers. So it's it's relievers too, but Okay. 
Their team ERA is 337. As a, as a team, as a team, and their team whip was one point one zero. Oh wow! So even actually, I mean, basically just as good as what he said. Better whip, not quite as good at ERA, but whatever. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, pretty good prediction there, Scott. I will say that I've always kind of felt like this with Dodgers. I have. Dodgers pitching in a lot of spots. uh, It's a good strategy. It just feels like it's been a good strategy since forever. I don't even know how far back, but at least thinking since Kershaw has been going. So definitely good. Worked again. Worked again. That's incredible. Now, right. Hyunjin Ryu is he's going to have a heavier price next year. Do you think, can you see yourself taking a guy like that if he's going as like a starting pitcher two, starting pitcher three as compared to before when it was more like a four through six? Three, yeah, but I don't think he's going as a three. I think he'll go more as a two, probably. Yeah. I think, yeah, it kind of depends. I think he's actually going to probably go as like a, eh, I don't know. His season ended rough. We'll see. Yeah. He's going to go high, though. I mean, he's going to go a lot higher than he has in years past. And you and I have been known to say we're strikeout whores, so if his price gets up there, yeah, I'm I'm not going to be chasing it. Okay, well, number two, Benny Jimmy James, our good friend, Howard, um, predicted that Cody Bellinger finishes as a top-five hitter in points and on-base percentage leagues and top ten in Roto. And this is a great call here as he finished as the third best hitter in Fantrax leagues this year. Yep, bravo, MVP, I think, anyway. MVP, him and Acuna, right? Are those the two guys chasing it? Uh, Well, and I just mean NL MVP. I I think Bellinger's going to win it, but I I don't know for sure. Had an incredible season on an, and a team that won a lot of games. So probably yeah, those, I, probably those two in Yelich. Yeah, man, Yelich getting injured there at the end, but, and still they made the playoffs. That just yeah. blows my mind. Yeah, I just think Bellinger gets it, especially because even though it probably shouldn't matter, he was on the best team throughout the season, and they vote right at the end of the year. I just, I think that stuff matters, whether we want it to or not. I just think it does. For the number voters, three, number three was Tony Sincata's. Uh, what is he? He still does radio or Sirius XM, doesn't he? I believe so. I'm not positive though. Either way, he predicted that Caleb Smith finished with double digit wins. And while he barely did get there with 10 wins, Caleb definitely had a breakout season. And Tony deserves credit for this call as he was talking up Caleb Smith on podcasts before the year. I remember hearing him talking about him, I think in March with Rich and Rich and Tim on the Prospect 361 podcast, when nobody was paying attention to Caleb Smith at that time. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. Good call. First half was especially was really good. And if you sold him at that at the, that point, yeah, you had a really even, good year. Even better. And our good buddy, fellow admin on Baseball 365, Kang Do. He had a couple really good ones. He also brought, dropped a Cody Bellinger one, which he said he wins the home run title with 50 home runs. And he didn't do either, but he came close on both with 47 home runs. Great call there. The one that really surprised me when I was reading this all was he said Whit Merrifield steals less than 25 bases. And that was the case despite getting 681 at-bats. And he was healthy as far as we all know. His steals dropped from the 40s last year to 20 this year. Yep, good calls. Especially Bellinger hit, got predicting 50 jacks. I mean, it was close. Yeah. And what would what would you project Wit steals for right now? If you were drafting and you were taking Wit in a redraft league, how much would you be hoping for? Um Hoping for or projecting? Projecting. I mean, uh, probably low 20s, like around 20. 
22. Yeah. So repeat. I wonder Somewhere if this trend there. keeps going because it tailed off so much there during the year. He got eight, eight, six or eight of them pretty early, and then it really seemed to slow down. I think I'd almost be like 15 to 17. Which, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. It's, that stuff, it's hard, it's hard just, to predict. Yeah, it's hard to predict. Our good buddy Steve Trapani said that outfielder for the Angels, Cole Calhoun, stays atop the Halos lineup all year and produces top 30 to 40 outfield ranking. And in drafts, he was going as outfielder 96. Calhoun finished as the 31st best outfielder in Fantrax rankings amongst that position. Great call, Steve. Yeah, I, I'm i sure the team Steve roots for has nothing to do with this prediction. <laughs> Well, I'm sure I hope you're listening, Steve. We won't mention the other half with your other angels prediction. Do you do you remember it? <laughs> no. It involved no. Justin Bohr hitting like thirty or forty home runs oh, or something boy. like that. <laughs> so he got one right. Oh boy. Number six floored me. I did not even remember this one. Ben Hoban said the Nationals win the World Series. Here we are. That's awesome. They're there. And we also have to credit Ben, who he he predicted on another prospect podcast. I've heard that you tell me the story that he said Julio Rodriguez he said something about where he'd finish on ranks. Do you remember exactly what he said? Yeah, so Ben, we got to give you a shout out here, as I've said this to Justin before. But yeah, no, uh, before the season I was listening to the Prospect One podcast with Chris Welsh, and he was reading off uh, listener bold predictions. And, you know, I'm just casually listening to it. I'm at the house, you know, just listening. And Ben is in RM3. And uh, so as he's going, he's reading them off, he's reading them off. And then he says, and Ben, he says, Ben Holbin says that Julio Rodriguez will finish the season as the number one, I believe this is right. I, I can't quote it exactly, but I'm pretty sure he said as the number one prospect ahead of Wander Franco. And, uh, you know, we're not quite there, but I've seen him as high as four or five on lists. And it's obviously just trending up and up. So, I mean, great call. It's just, it's awesome call. I, going into the year, he was probably what, like forties, fifties? No, he Maybe wasn't lower. Near that. Maybe he was lower. like a hundred. Yeah, I I can't even remember. You know, it's he was just outside the top hundred, flying on the up. Yeah, yeah, that's like I said, great call. So yeah, good job, Ben. And the last two I had came from Anton Macklin, who's a regular on baseball 365 and he said pete alonzo hits 260 with 35 home runs and 90 rbi and i was on board with that one i remember saying that alonzo kind of reminded me of a reese hoskins and he blew those numbers out of the water even well above that with 53 home runs and 120 rbi so good call there and i'll just go on and read your other one which was that joey gallo hits 250 this year and I'd have told Anton before the year if he had asked me about that call and we were talking privately, I'd have told him that one's crazy. But he actually did it. And maybe it's a good thing he was hurt late in the year. Or I don't know if he would have finished because he finished at 253, I think. And I don't think he'd have finished there if he had stayed healthy the final two months. But two good calls there, Anton. Yep. Yeah. Stud power hitters there. All right, Andrew. Well, that rounds up all the bold predictions, and we've—I guess—we have another six months or so, and we're going to have to do that all over again. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll definitely, definitely revisit that when the time is right. Yeah, the new version. Hopefully, a better version. Hopefully, a better version. Hopefully, one without Trevor Rosenthal's name in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess Cedric, uh, Cedric Mullins. Mullins. Yeah. Yes. But in the meantime, we have no more than seven baseball games to even watch for the rest of the season. It's kind of a weird feeling as we're here on a Monday night recording this, and there wasn't baseball today or yesterday, and 
And we only have a couple more, like no more than seven of these nights left where we're going to have a game. And then what are we going to do all winter, Andrew? Podcasts and mock drafts, I guess. (laughs) I was thinking about that this morning. You know, I think it was about this point two years ago where I set up our first couch manager's mock draft. And last year they didn't get up till closer to Thanksgiving or maybe even beginning of December. I hope, I hope they get those up and running quickly because when this World Series ends, I'm going to need something to do. Yeah, same here. We'll have to, we'll have to get it going. I like to just flood my mind with podcasts throughout the whole winter, so I'll definitely be doing that. And that's our goal to do for you guys too. We're going to get you guys podcasts all winter long and talk about things we're seeing from NFBC in the early going, and I think probably sometime in January we'll get our position ranking shows going. And I think I'm going to do something I talked about a couple months ago and try to make like a top 100 dynasty startup or dynasty rankings list, which I'm sure will be terrible because that's a hard thing to do. But I think that'd be a fun project to sit down and do. And if I can get some time, I'm going to sit down and try to dive into that at some point. Yeah, it'll be fun. But in the meantime, I guess this is it. Do you got anything you want to add before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good. Go Nats. Go Nats. I'm with you. And I didn't finish that thought. I think mostly I feel that way because the Astros, they won two years ago. I think I'd be happy for either yeah. team. I still will. Just but... feels like feels like the Nats are America's team right now. Let's do it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, go Nats. Sorry, Astro fans that are listening. And take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.